Welcome to Truth Wars, Episode 2, Who Are We? In the last episode, we went through the lineage of Judah. We started from Adam and Eve, Jubilees 4, Genesis 4, to Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel. God blessed Adam and Eve after Abel's death with nine sons and two daughters, which replenished the earth in Jubilees 4, 8, and 4, and 10. The fallen angels had children with the daughters on earth. Enoch testified of this foolishness in Jubilees 5. Noah built an ark, and Yah brought judgment on the earth. Noah and his, fam Noah and his family was saved from the flood. His three sons we talked about was Sham, Ham, and Japhet. We're particularly focusing on Sham because that's the line of Judah. That's where we come from. Genesis 10, 21 and 31 says that Shem would be the father of the Hebrews. He would be the father of all the Israelites. Shem had five sons, one named Orpaxad. Orpaxad had Shelach, Shelach had Eber. Eber had two sons, Peleg and Joktan. From Peleg, there was four generations after there was Terah. And we know Terah birthed Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, then Jacob, then Judah, which is of the 12 tribes of Israel. Now the 12 tribes were split. 10 tribes, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Zebulon were from Leah, Joseph from Rachel, Dan, Naphtali from Rachel's maid, and Gad and Asher from Leah's maid. That was the tribe, those 10 tribes were the tribes of Israel. So if you read the scriptures, you'll see Israel reference and Judah reference. And so when they're talking about Israel, they're talking about those 10 tribes. And they just named them Israel. They kind of split in two. And we'll go into that in other episodes coming forth. The other two, two sons, Judah from Leah, Benjamin for Rachel, were the other two tribes. And they were labeled Judah. And so when you see Judah, they're talking about Judah and Benjamin. So in Genesis 49 and 8, Jacob, who is the father of the 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel, he began to prophesy to his sons. He started with Reuben from the oldest and went on down to all the children to Benjamin. And But we want to focus on, okay, what did Jacob, of course his name was changed to Israel, what did he say about us? What did he say about Judah? And so to understand what he said about Judah, we have to understand the scriptures and understand the meaning of key words to really make it all, to make sure it all makes sense to us. So let's start Genesis 49 and 8. And this is what Jacob is speaking over his son, Judah. He says, Judah, thou at whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thy enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Now this is verse 8. So we know Judah means praise. But if we look at the Hebrew lexicon, Judah actually means praise and also object of praise. So look at Judah. Look at your black and brown people today here in America. They are gifted praisers, they're gifted worshipers, 
They can sing the house down like no one else. They're prolific writers. They have beautiful complexions. Their appearances are just magnetic. And their physiques, they're strong. Their stamina, they have lots of strength. And so, object of praise, you will see this with our black and brown Israelites, our black and brown people here in America and around the world, how they have become an object of praise because they were just blessed with such gifts. We look at our sports teams, we look at our music, we look at Hollywood inventors, our scientists, doctors, uh, just many things that they have done. You will see that Judah is a special person, a special tribe of people. And so Jacob is like, you know what? You guys are the praisers. You guys can sing. You can, uh, you're gifted in so many areas. But he says, you're going to be an object of praise. People are going to look upon you and they're going to praise you. They're going to look at all you can give out and they're going to just, just basically gravitate, gravitate to you. And he says, your hand shall be in the neck of your enemies. And if you look at the Hebrew lexicon for neck, neck here specifically means back of neck fleeing and running from foe this is the definition for neck your hand shall be in the neck of your enemies so jacob is telling judah he says i see that you're going to be defending yourself you're going to basically have to attack your enemies from the back of the neck and you're going to have to flee and you're going to have to run from them. And so this is very familiar because we can see this with the Israelites uh, during the time of Moses. And when they were in Egypt and they were in slavery for 430 years. And we can also see that, see that through the Atlantic slave trade, how slaves were brought to the, to the Americas, to the United States and around the world by ship, in ships. And we can see, you know, our ancestors fighting for their lives, you know, coming, you know, in the back of the slave owner to to destroy him, to save his family, to preserve his life. And this is Jacob seeing all of this as he's praying over and blessing his son Judah. He says, your father's children shall bow down before thee which means they will look to Judah for guidance, for leadership. And we also we know that they're object of praise. And so people are going to just basically gravitate to the people of Judah. And also when you're a person or a group of people that people idolizing, that people are, are praising and showing gratitude for, it will also produce envy and jealousy. And so it will jealousy from our own brothers jealousy from people that are outside of our family and so this kind of kind of creates a narrative as to okay you know the the tribe of judah is not some type of you know uh a curse or some type of just abandoned or illegitimate child uh, group of people but we are an actual uh, group of people that is actually spectacular in many many ways we just haven't realized it or we haven't actually studied the scriptures the holy word to see exactly who we are and actually what god thinks of us 
And so we've been given this narrative as if, you know, we are the scum of the earth. No one likes us. Our skin is ugly. Our hair uh, is a mess and we can't do anything. We're worthy of nothing. You know, uh, basically we should be in shackles. We should be in, you know, as, as slaves or basically we should be in jail. But this is further from the truth from what Jacob saw and what he saw in his son, in his son Judah. He goes on to verse 9. He says, Judah is a lion's whelp. So Judah, the object of praise, is a lion. Now the whelp means young cub. So he's saying, okay, Judah is going to be an object of praise. He's going to be a lion, which means he's going to be strong. He's going to be mighty. But he's also young. And so young would been young. Sometimes you're, you're naive. You're not fully developed yet. And then also being young, sometimes you're looked on or despised upon. So Jacob is setting a narrative as to what he sees in his son Judah that only comes through studying and hearing from from the father as to what he is saying in his word from the prey prey is food and normally the food is something from the lion and the food is pretty much pulled apart and torn to pieces fragments so jacob is saying okay i see from the prey he says i see you guys you're going to be pulled apart. You're going to be fragmented. You're going to be torn to pieces. So he says, from the prey, thou art gone up. Where do you think Jacob is saying they're going to go? From the prey, fragmented, pulled, and torn to pieces. Where are we going to go? You know, in Egypt, the first Egypt, you know, they were brutally, you know, abused, taken advantage of, pulled apart, worked with no pay. And also on the Atlantic slave trade, the same thing happened. We were pulled from, from our place in the western part of Africa. We were pulled, we were fragmented, families were separated, mothers and fathers separated from their children, husband and wives separated from each other, literally pulled apart. My son, thou art gone up. Egypt. And we know Egypt during Moses' time was a physical land. The Egypt today is symbolic. It's not a location. Egypt is a cultural or practice. And that's very important. Scripture says, verse 9 still, he stooped down. Stooped down? What do you mean stooped down? Stooped down means to bring down low, to sink, to cast down. That's what, he, that's what he's seeing. He says, I, Judah, I see, I'm seeing you. You're stooping down. You're, you're, you're low. You're sinking. You're, you're being cast down. He also says, he couched down. And to couch down in the Hebrew lexicon means to stretch oneself out, to lie down on breast, 
to lie down under heavy burden. In Egypt, during Moses' time, the people were under heavy burden. When we were snatched and sold by our brother's ham to Japheth in the western parts of Africa, we were stretched out in the belly of ships. Deuteronomy 28 and 68, Yah will bring us into Egypt again, which means again a second time with ships. That is the African Amer Americans, that's the name they labeled us. That's the Israelites who were taken to the US, Haiti, Jamaica, and all around the world. Isn't it something that Jacob saw this? He saw this. He stooped down, couched down, was brought low, stretched oneself out, lying down on the breast, lying down under heavy burden, yet as a lion. So even though we're going to go through this hell on earth, even though we're going to be treated like we are less than human beings, we're still a lion. We're still strong. We're still powerful. And this lion here, he says, as a lion and as an old lion, and this old lion means a lioness. He's talking about us women, the women of Israel who have to birth the children of Judah, who have to birth the children of the Israelites. He's talking about us. He, Jacob specifically called out his sons and his daughters. He says, as a lion, as a lioness, the mothers of Israel, the mothers of Judah. Even though you're going to go through this hardship, you're going to go through the pain and the suffering. Don't forget that you're still a lion. Don't forget that you're still a part of the lion of Judah. Don't forget that you're still strong, that you're still fierce, and that you're still powerful. And it says, who shall rouse us up? Rouse means who's going to wake us up from our sleep? Yes, we're in Egypt again. And many of us are asleep we have consumed ourselves with the things of this symbolic Egypt. Who's going to wake them up? Who's going to wake us up? Jacob said, who's going to wake y'all up from this slumber? How are you going to rise from your falling? How are you going to get up from mourning? How are you going to get away from this sickness and death? How are you going to get your wounds healed? Jacob is saying, these things are going to happen, but you're still alive. But how are you going to get back on track? How are you going to come back to your promised, to the place that you've been called to? Genesis 49 and 10. The sceptre shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes and unto him shall be the gathering of the people. The Septri. The Septri is the tribe of Judah, the 12 tribes of Israel. 
he says, will not depart from Judah. He's making a proclamation. He says, you're going to go through the worst times of your life. This is just as Jacob talking to his son. He says, your people are going to go through the worst times of their lives. They're going to be treated in the worst kinds of ways. But don't forget that you're still a lion and you're still a lioness. But the scepter, the tribe, what I've labeled you to be, who you are, who I've defined you to be, shall not depart from Judah. That means what I've called you to, no matter what happens, that calling, that promise, that covenant will always be there. We just have to come back to it. We have to make our minds up that we don't want to be a part of this Egypt anymore. We want to follow God, the Most High. The scepter shall not depart. Isaiah 49, 15, 16 says, God says he will not forget us. Even though we may feel forgotten, he said he will not forget us. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet. And this basically says that the laws he gave to Moses, the laws he gave to Moses, the laws, the scriptures, the commandments that he's given to us, he says, will not depart from your journey. It would not depart from where you go. You may leave the land of Israel. You may settle in the western parts of Africa. You may be taken all over the world in these slave ships. But the law, the lawgiver should not depart from your feet. The law should not depart from your journey. And we need to think about that. Jacob is saying the law, the commandments, the requirements that, he, that the Most High has placed on our lives will follow us everywhere we go. Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments. Number one, have no other God but the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Two, no idols, no graven images. Three, do not say God's name in vain. Four, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Five, honor your father and your mother. Six, do not kill. Seven, do not commit adultery. Eight, do not steal. Nine, do not lie. Ten, do not covet your neighbor's stuff. These are the Ten Commandments that Jacob says, no matter what you go through, you'll still be who I called you to be, tribe of Judah. You'll still be who I've called you to be. And the laws that I have placed for you to follow will still be a part of your journey. But how many of us even know the Ten Commandments? How many of us even follow them? How many of us have even taught our children the Ten Commandments? Not kill a black on black crime is insane. We're killing each other, not just physically, but we're killing each other with our words. We're stealing. Husbands not faithful to their wives. Wives not faithful to their husbands. 
We're not telling the truth. We have leaders that actually lie for a living. We see our neighbor with things and we, and we want what that neighbor has, but we have no clue what that neighbor did to get that crap that he has that we want or we think that we want. He says, the lawgiver should not depart between our feet, should not leave our journey. The book of law should not depart out of our mouths. Meditate on it day and night. That we may observe to do all that is written. Joshua 1 and 8. From us doing all that is written, then he will make our way prosperous and we will have to get success. But it doesn't work with us living our lives any kind of way because we are marked. He says that no matter what happens, no matter where we go, the scepter should not depart from Judah, that the tribes will always be the tribes. No matter what they do to us, no matter what they say about us, that the tribes are still the tribes designated by the creator of heaven and earth. Thou shalt love God and keep his charge, keep his statutes, keep his judgments and his commandments always. Deuteronomy 11 and 1. Till heaven and earth pass away. Not one jot or tittle, it means smallest letter, shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Matthew 5 and 18. It's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than from one dot of the law to fail and to become void. Luke 16 and 17. That's the law. Who we are who we are to follow. Jesus says, while I was with you, that all things be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms. Luke 24 and 44. The law. We've, we've been told that we don't have to follow the law, but that's the furthest from the truth. That's why we're in this mess we're in now, because we have to follow the law. This was given directly to Judah. This is Jacob blessing his son, prophesying to his son Judah. And this is what God was giving Jacob. And he was telling Judah what he saw, what God was speaking through him to his son. The law. The law keeps us in balance. The law helps us to, to follow and to stay in line, to stay in righteousness, to do what we've been called to do. We're not like everybody else. We're just not. And we would never fit in. Our children would never fit in. We would never fit in at work. Even in these churches we go to, we would never fit in because we cannot fit in anything where we are already established. We're already established by the creator of heaven and earth. He established us. Judah, thou whom thy brethren shall praise, thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah's alliance whelp from the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He couched as a lion, as an old lion. Who shall rouse him? Who shall awake him? 
The scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his journey, between his feet. Oh, Father, help us to come back to your word. Help us to come back to your laws. Help us to come back to your precepts. Help us to come back. As we walk from generation to generation, we must follow the laws of God. We need to go back to the Ten Commandments. We need to memorize them, know them by heart, and we need to follow them and teach our children and our children's children and so on to follow the commandments. How long do we do this? 49.10 says, Genesis 49 and 10 says, until Shiloh comes, until Yeshua Jesus comes, until he comes, our Savior is coming. Matthew 23 and 8 says, for you have one teacher, the Messiah, that's our teacher. But we have to go to him. We have to seek his face. We have to ask for directions, ask for directives for our lives and for our children's lives. It may not fall in line with what the world is doing or what this symbolic Egypt is doing, but as long as we're in his will, we're in his perfect plan, that's what matters. Unto Shiloh comes, unto him shall be the gathering of the people. And this gathering is not for everybody. We can read these scriptures and we can make it seem and make it fit for anything we want to. If you go, if you go to the Hebrew lexicon for gathering, gathering means obedience. It means that we have to obey. He's coming for those who are obedient. Judah, Israel, you have to wake up. You have to obey. There is nothing else that we can do. There's nothing else we can say until we come to the place of obedience and submission to Yeshua Jesus, to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Unto him shall be the gathering. Unto him shall he come and gather those who are obedient of the people be the gathering those who are obedient shall be gathered I want to be gathered I want you to be gathered but we have to obey we have to understand that we are being abused taken advantage of for a reason we are an object of praise because we are just blessed that way. We've been set apart that way. We're beautiful in every way. We're gifted in every single way. Judah, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to us. We're family. We are beautiful in every single way. Everything that we do, we change it for the better. No matter how many times they talk about us and they destroy our names, destroy us for who we are, laugh at our colors from uh, different shades of, of, of darkness that we may be. Our hair, they say is kinky, but Yeshua Jesus' hair was made of wool. 
if they're laughing at our hair being kinky, then they're laughing at Yeshua Jesus' hair being kinky because he had just as much kinky hair as all of us. Judah, you're an object of praise because you've been blessed. You're f Jacob blessed and prophesied this over the tribe of Judah. He even said that all the brothers, all the other tribes, will actually praise Praise Judah. We'll see Judah as an object of praise. And even though sometimes we may get jealous and envious of each other, we have to understand that God gives us gifts and callings for a reason. And instead of us being jealous, it's time to lift each other up and be thankful for those gifts and learn from each other's gifts and callings. Judah's alliance, well, he's young. He's still strong and mighty, but he's still young, which means he's young. He's young in the things you know, of the scriptures. He's young. He doesn't know quite how to handle everything from the prey, from being pulled to pieces. I should go up into Egypt, brought down low, stretched out in the belly of ships, but you're still a lion, man. You're still a lioness, woman. When will you wake up? When, when you wake up, the scepter should not depart from us. We will always be the tribe of Judah. We will always be the 12 tribes of Israel. We will always be. No one can stop it. No matter how they try to kill us, how they try to destroy us, they can put us in jail, put us in the grave. No matter what they do to us, we will never, ever stop being the tribe of Judah, the 12 tribes of Israel. We will never, ever stop. And the laws that he's given us to follow will always be a part of our feet, which means everywhere we go, when we walk, the laws follow us or they should follow us. When we walk, people should know, oh, yes, she's a follower of the law. You can tell she's a, the way she walks. She's a, follow of the, she's a follower. He is a follower of the law. From generation to generation, we have to teach our children to obey. Shiloh, Yeshua, Jesus is coming. He is our master teacher, and he will gather those who are obedient. Y'all, it's time to get in line. It's time to be obedient. Kinfolk, it's time to come back to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. As we seek truth, please seek truth with us. If you have questions or comments, email us at info at truthwars.com. We don't claim to know everything, but we seek the God who knows everything. Let truth roar. Let truth reign. Let truth speak. And let truth set you free.